Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have... Aaron Wright. Yes, we do. Aaron yeah. is the uh, founder or co-founder, yes. founder of the uh, Wide for the Win Facebook group, mm-hmm. and she is a vault of information <laughs> on information. going wide. Yeah, on going wide and and just all things wide. And she's just such a delight. It was a great um, podcast. Yes. And she had so much information that we're actually going to have her back on later to talk Mm -hmm. about some of her other things. But we really delve into um, like going from KU to going wide Mm -hmm. and her advice on that. She really gives a very detailed way to do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. and some just really good advice on that. Mm -hmm. And um, just talked about her marketing and how she markets her books. Mm -hmm. And she spends, I think, she said she doesn't spend very much on ads, if anything. And so she talks about how she markets her books without using ads. Right. And, I don't yeah. think she does ads at all. Yeah, it didn't sound like it. So Mm-mm. it's been Mm-mm. a little while since we recorded it. So our brains may have forgotten a yes. tiny detail. But in the majority, you know, she yeah. uh, just uses other types of advertising and market, mm-hmm. other types of marketing. So we, mm-hmm. we get into that. So that was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a great interview. Yeah. So this week is our second week with Book Vault is our supporter. Yes. So yes. remember that and we'll come back to that in a minute. But um, we do have a, um, a one new supporter, Piper mm-hmm. Dow, and uh, she chose the dog emoji, which um, I love. I don't know if anybody's she, chosen that before. I don't either. I do. I do love that one. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Piper. We appreciate it. We appreciate all our supporters. Thank you so, so much. It, it lets us know. I think Joanna Penn says this, but it lets us know that you enjoy the podcast and you like what we're doing. And I feel the same way as Joanna. So yes, uh, I do too. Yeah. We're so thankful for all our supporters. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So what have you been doing this week? Uh, well, not much. Not much. <laughs> uh, actually, that's not true. I've had um, two consulting uh clients and then I have another one today and uh those have been fun and gone well um I've been not well I've Mm. not I've been kind of sick so um I've just been kind of laying low and uh, I'm not doing swimming lessons this week so I've stayed out of the water as much as I can and um but yeah so that's about it just kind of I've been watching um Bull. It's kind of an old show, but uh, it's it was on NBC, I think, or CBS. One of those. It. He's a trial consultant Mm -hmm. or trial scientist. He corrects people. And um, anyway, I've just been. Well, I haven't been feeling well. That's what I've been doing. Just kind of binging that show. I watched all The Witcher. uh, Okay. Yeah. So so the new season of Witcher is in two parts. So I watched all the. the first part of the Witcher, super good, mm-hmm. and um, then the second part, I think, is July twenty seventh, and mm-hmm. um, it's good. Also, one more thing, y'all can tell where my head's been. Um, Silo, 
on Apple oh, TV. My I finished this season. Y'all, it was so good. I've never oh, good. read the books. I never read Wool. Uh-huh. Um, but it uh, it was really good. You I liked it. Wait. Yeah. I can't wait for the next season. It's really good. So um, so if you like dystopia kind of thing and uh-huh. um then you you might really like that. So yeah. So well, that's great. Well, that's that. good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah. I I tried this new series and it's um okay, so it's very it's a story within a story. It's a it's a spin-off in the Agatha Christie world, uh-huh. but Agatha Christie had a character mm-hmm. who sometimes assisted Perot, uh, Mrs. Oliver. Mm-hmm. And and she was an author and she poked fun at herself. Christy poked fun at herself, I think, through this character. Mm-hmm. And this character wrote about this fictional character. And so they have taken that fictional character and made a series out oh. of it. And it's it's in it's Swedish television made it, I think. Hope I get all this right. Swedish television made it. The character is Finnish in the books. Mm-hmm. And so he's a Finn, but Swedish television made this story and basically there's not that much known about him uh-huh. and so it was really funny to watch it because there are some nods i just like the first two episodes like they're mm-hmm. one story in two parts mm-hmm. and uh there's all these nods to agatha christie and right. to this character in it so it's pronounced yershon i think is how you say it but it's mm-hmm. like h-j-e-r-s-o-n i think is the spelling mm-hmm. so i it's on topic like the channel in crime you can find it there yeah and but it came out a couple of years ago it is so interesting because it's like very it's just so funny that it's like a fictional character from a fictional character so it's Mm -hmm. like very uh, lots of inside things like if you like Agatha Christie there's a couple of references to her and then there's a couple of things that she mentions about him but it's really funny in the books because Mm -hmm. Mrs. Oliver is always saying things like why did I write about a Finn I know nothing mm. about the Finnish people. And like, mm. so she's kind of making yeah. fun of like writing about yeah. Perot, who's Belgian yeah. and she doesn't know. So, yeah. So that's a long tangent on my most recent television rabbit hole. Well, you'll have to send it to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, I love them. Yeah. I love those two. So yeah. anyway, is that, what else has been going on with you? Uh, well, so I'm getting back in the groove of mm-hmm. um, just, I'm catching up on a bunch of stuff. I did a bunch of email. I'm working on my store. Mm-hmm. and um, learning a lot about that. We're going to do a podcast next time about direct sales. So mm-hmm. getting into all that and kind of figuring out what I want my plan to be. So working on that. And then we've been doing a lot of yard work around the house. Fortunately, I'm not doing it. I'm mm-hmm. like watching my husband <laughs> supervise the neighbor's kids. He, I was like, please, please get somebody to help you spread out the sod. So he's got some neighbor kids over and he's paying them. Thank oh, goodness. Right. It's not me. I'm so happy. Yes. It's not me. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got out of the duty. Yeah. Yeah. That's and great. then um, next week I'm going to cozy con and mm-hmm. I will let y'all know about that. So that's all I have going on. All right. Well, we should get on up. Do we have more about book, book vault or <gasps> we do? Yes, yeah. we do. Because yeah. book vault is our sponsor this month and mm-hmm. they launched by the time this goes out, they will have launched their printing in the U.S. Woo-hoo! And yes, we're so excited. So that will be really helpful for U.S. authors. It will be uh, 
the cost will be cheaper and the shipping mm-hmm. will be faster. Mm-hmm. And they are just a great company to work with. I've really, I've used them. In fact, I'll show, I won't be able to, I can put this in the group. I ordered uh, copies of what will be my Kickstarter book. Oh, so I'm yeah. going to have, I just ordered them from uh, Book Vault. They got here the other day. So I have the hardcover and oh, yeah. the trade paperback and they look oh, wow. beautiful. They look- Fabulous. Yeah. So very they exciting. Do. They these look actually really came from yeah. the UK, but not too late. Cause I mean, I ordered these before they launched, but now yeah. I'm planning on ordering even more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's what I admire most about Book Vault is they seem to really listen to their customers. Yes. From, from the interview we did mm-hmm. and then just listening to other people, they really do listen to their mm-hmm. customers. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. They even had a survey out. I don't know if it's still up. It was on social media the other day that mm-hmm. if you like, what would you like to see us do? Like what special things would you like? Yeah. yeah and, that's awesome. Yeah. So they're very, very um, in, plugged into the author community, which we yeah. appreciate. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Book Vault. Yeah, yeah, for sponsoring so, us. We appreciate it. Yes. And if you're interested in Book Vault, you can go to wishidknownforwriters.com slash Book Vault. Yep. All right. All so right. I guess we should get on the interview. With let's do it. All right. Here is Aaron. Well, today we are so excited to talk with Aaron Wright. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Hi, good. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're very excited you're here. And uh, we'll let Sarah read your bio and then we'll get started. Yes, we have so many questions. Erin Wright is a full-time author, but unless you're a fan of sexy cowboys, you've probably heard of her because of Wide for the Win Facebook group. She co-founded the group back in 2019 and has been posting in the group instead of writing books ever since. (laughs) Yep, yep, that's about right. (laughs) Tell us how you got into writing, Erin. Oh, sure. I mean, I was your typical um, kid, you know, where I entered all the writing contests and I run up won a couple and whatever, but I didn't think that you could actually, you know, make a living writing like that's, mm-hmm. that's not something that's a real job, right? right. <laughs> that's just a, that's just a pretensies job. And so, you know, I, I had all the uh, jobs out there. I was in libraries uh, for seven years, uh, including 18 months as a library director. And mm. um, I mean, I worked, I worked all sorts of the different things. I really enjoyed it. I was a teacher. Um, and then I found an online uh, group that was talking about how you could be an author. And I joined that like, oh my gosh, did you know that like <laughs> there's people who are actually authors? Like that's amazing. I was so like just blown away. And at first I just hung out in the group and like basked in the glory that was being around real authors. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, like I couldn't actually be a real author. Like that's crazy. Um, but like I could hang around real yeah. authors. Yes. And so I started, um, I actually started out with ghostwriting um, mm-hmm. and then I sort of went, you know, well, my husband told me that I was being an idiot and that I needed to just write for myself. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of a roundabout way of getting in there. Mm-hmm. I needed the training wheels of writing for somebody else first mm-hmm. to make me go, oh, you know, this isn't actually as complicated as I thought it was going to be. So, right. That's great. I love that because you did, that's a great way to put it. The training wheels of writing for somebody else. That's, that's really, I don't think people think about that 
when they think about ghostwriting, you know, I think they, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause they, they provided the, the um, outline for mm-hmm. me. They did mm-hmm. all the publishing. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was actually finish a novel, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. for a lot of authors, like actually finishing the first novel is the hardest part of mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. And by having somebody else who had deadlines and, and they needed it done and blah, 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 blah. I, then I, then it actually happened. And I ended up writing three novels for mm-hmm. them in a series. And then I thought, this is, this is doable, mm-hmm. I, well, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't, this isn't rocket science y'all. Right. This, yeah. is, this is doable. That's right. Great. It sort of takes the pressure off a little bit because mm-hmm. you're doing it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to get started. We've talked to other people who have done that too. It's fascinating. Uh, anyway, so what is your definition of success? Oh, um, probably being able to control my own career. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I were, um, super successful as mm-hmm. a trad pub author, mm-hmm. uh, let's say that I, I took on JK Rowling, right. And, mm-hmm. and I became the next JK Rowling in terms of income, I would still really struggle because I wouldn't be able to control so many things about my own career. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess when you get super huge, like, you know, then you can negotiate these sorts of things into your contract, but right. um, I just, I'm not meant to work a, with a publishing company because I always have better ideas than them. I mean, yeah. sorry, publishing company, but like, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I want to be able to, to do my own covers and my own blurbs and my own marketing. And um, so having control over my own career is uh, a, a big sign of success for me mm-hmm. um, as opposed to handing that over to somebody else. And then um, paying my bills with it, right? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. this is my full-time job. I don't otherwise sling hash browns down at the local diner or something to pay my bills. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is the whole kit and caboodle right here. So if I'm not making money from writing, I'm homeless, which is mm-hmm. a pretty good incentive <laughs> to write, honestly. So, <laughs> Keep you so going. Those two things, yeah, those two things together, I would say, are, are my how I would define success. Yeah, that's great. I love that. So what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? Mm. Um, you know, I feel like one of the things that I, that I struggled with when I first started writing was knowing how to reach my market. Mm. Um, when mm-hmm. I first came out of the gate, because uh, I write um, cowboys and firefighters, right? Mm-hmm. And sexy firefighters who are also cowboys, because mm-hmm. of course I do. Of course. <laughs> and- <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> and so I had all these ideas of like, um, I should advertise my books in... Um, you know, uh, Western, uh, what is that called? There's a, there's a magazine anyway, that like focuses on the Western United States or like horsemen today, or, you know, these Mm -hmm. different kinds of, of magazines like that. Like I was just thinking way too, uh, 
deep and <laughs> complicated <laughs> for for what was actually, you know, I just I write romance novels where the main characters are in a small town and they're cowboys, but if you love romances, then you're going to like my books. So mm-hmm. I don't need to cater only to people who own horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was making things way more complicated than I needed to, which is par for the course for me. So, yeah. 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 That's funny because a lot of people will start like in the genre and mm-hmm. then they'll branch out and go, okay, where else can I find? Maybe I should go to mm-hmm. like, I guess it's called psychographics where you mm-hmm. figure out the broader ways to reach people that maybe in those areas you'll find your person your people but yeah you can't go wrong targeting romance readers who like horses and cowboys right (laughs) and cowboys and power powders right and my next series is going to be uh military so uh, there you go you know sexy guys in the military you really just in fact what i think i'm gonna do is is have a cowboy who joined the military who then comes back and joins the local you know volunteer firefighter department and just (laughs) Wrap it all up with a with a neat bow. Yeah, I think that's great. Genius. Think- that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. There are a lot of people I think that go from the military to like mm-hmm. firefighting and EMT type stuff. So, sort yep, of based exactly. in real life, also not just mm-hmm. fictional crossover stuff. Right. Yeah. So, well, we talked about marketing a little bit. Um, is there anything that you wish you knew about, like the craft of writing, like just the writing itself? Um, yeah, that I was going to become better than I was when I started. Um, you know, when you first start writing and I, I see this all the time with people I do consultations with their first babies. I mean, their first books are, uh, you know, maybe not as perfect as they could have been. And so they, they get rough reviews. And and it's hard because it's like, I worked so hard. Like that was labor pains that are out of control. And, and so you, you want to think that that book is just perfect. And, um, you go back as you get better and going to go, Oh, wow. That first attempt was awesome. How about if I clean some things up here? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am really glad I actually was saved from myself by, uh, knowing or by being poor, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was, it was kind of it saves a lot of me. us from a lot of mistakes because we just can't <laughs> afford it. Right. Exactly. exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I really like, I love audiobooks. That's my mm-hmm. primary way of consuming um, mm-hmm. books because mm-hmm. I can listen while I'm doing dishes, laundry, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't have a lot of time to sit and read. So like from book one, I wanted my books in audio. I mm-hmm. wanted my books in hardcovers. I wanted my books translated into other languages. I wanted all these things. And um, <clears throat> I didn't have money for any of that. Because yeah. <laughs> I was poor. And so I didn't. And that gave me the flexibility that later on, um, I went back and I rewrote probably at least a half dozen of my books. Oh, really? At this point. Yeah. Um, I think that I'm unusual in that all of my books take place in the same world. 
So all mm-hmm. the characters know each other mm-hmm. and cross over between the books. So I need each one of them to really pull their weight because mm-hmm. if I lose somebody out of my world, then maybe they don't come back. Whereas if I write different series mm-hmm. and somebody doesn't like this particular series, well, they're going to maybe like this one over here that's way different. Well, mm-hmm. all of mine are in this world and I have to have those um they have to be really strong. Um, right. mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I rewrote like to the point of needing new ISBNs and the whole wow. kit and caboodle. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. Several yeah. That's the, books. yeah, that's the kind of the downside of doing a series. Series can be great because they can pull people in and they'll keep reading. But like, especially if you just have one series and you have one starting point, and if that's your first book and that's your weakest book, that's can be really difficult to get people yeah. to keep going. Yeah. So yeah, that's almost impossible these days. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Impossible. And that's actually when I, that's how I finally decided I would go back and rewrite my very first book mm-hmm. um, was I had a chance to interact with one of my, like I had a total fangirl moment where mm-hmm. there's an author in my genre. Uh, anybody who reads, my genre, Katherine Anderson, you mm-hmm. would know her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she's, you know, traditionally published and she writes these fantastic books and I just loved her. And she was doing a live uh, in Facebook years ago. And I had a chance to interact with her. And I'm like, just so you know, you're the reason why I write this genre. And I love your books and you're the best. And, you know, total fangirl, total. I, I am happy to, I will happily admit that and uh, she's like oh what's the name of of one of your books you know I I'll pick it up and my gut reaction was not accounting for love like because that was my first book and I was like not that one book, but that one and at that point I'd had a book bub on accounting for love I'd hit the USA Today bestsellers with accounting for love it was my permafree it was what I was advertising everybody I was like if I don't think it's good enough for Katherine Anderson, it's not good enough. Like I, mm-hmm. I've got to take a step back and I've got to rework this. So, uh, yeah, I tore that whole sucker apart and, and rewrote. So, yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> so how long did that, long how long did that take you? Um, you know, only a couple of months, uh, right. which for me, other people would be like, well, I write a book a month, but I'm like, that's, that's cool. Um, that's not me. <laughs> um, so only a couple of months for me, is really fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it ended up about 50% longer. Um, wow. it just was a lot more developed, um, uh, because it, it was my first, well, my first book under my, under me, right. Instead of my ghost, my ghost writing names, but yeah, it just, it just needed to be better. So I was able to do that because I hadn't paid for translations and mm-hmm. audiobooks and all these special print, whatever, whatever. If I had done that and I had dumped $15,000 in various, you know, formats and such, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have touched it because you yeah. can't, like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even if you have the money, like if you could just spend it all at the beginning, cause you got a windfall because a relative passed away and you have $5,000, you could just dump it into your, into your career right at the beginning. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you get five years down the road and you reread the first three books that you've written, 
and you think they are as amazing five years down the road as you did the day that you published them, you haven't learned anything. You should yeah. be better five yeah. years into this. Yeah, you absolutely should be. Yeah, there's always a, um, it's always difficult to go back and read your first books, I think, because usually you have grown and changed. But if you're careful, like you like were saying, you were held back by financial right. careful. limits. <laughs> careful is not the word. I was I was impeded and was not allowed to do what I really wanted to do. <laughs> but that's one of those things that's like, thank goodness for, you know, the the mistakes, the mistakes are the things that we're blocked and not able to do. Sometimes that actually turns out to be a blessing. So right. that's, that can be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank well, goodness for poverty. Yeah. I had to borrow, <laughs> I had to borrow my um, money from my family for my first book bub because oh, I couldn't wow. afford it on my own, you know, yeah. and I paid him back with interest. And, but like, I was not bored with a silver spoon in my mouth. <laughs> that is to put it mildly. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of work. And when I first started out, I was ghostwriting and I was doing PA work for other authors and I was proofreading and I was also still teaching on top of trying to write my own books. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But it, not everybody needs to go back and rewrite their first books, but if you have a book that's right. not selling or the, the, um, the reviews are not giving you what you want, or you're you have people reading the first book and they're not reading through to the second book, then those are the things you need to look at. And then maybe you do need to go in and rework some stuff. So I admire you for doing that. I think that's awesome. Well, and there's some people that are like, oh my God, I would rather, you know, stick myself in the eyeball with a rusty fork than go back mm-hmm. and rewrite a previous yeah. book that I wrote. Yeah. Right. So that would be am, me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I am not <laughs> saying like, this is what everybody should do. Right. But um, a lot of it is like, think about if you were to, if you were to meet one of your, one of your like idols in mm-hmm. the writing world mm-hmm. and they were to pick up that book. Yeah. How excited would you be about that? Yeah. And how do you yeah. feel about like rewriting? Would it make a difference in your career mm-hmm. long-term mm-hmm. or should you just sort of pretend like that first series didn't happen? That's mm-hmm. what a lot of authors do, right? Like they'll stop advertising or they'll even unpublish because it's not great. I didn't have that choice because that was the start of my whole world. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't just lop off the first five books and be like, just kidding. Right. Those totally didn't exist. Just never you mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That just wasn't an option for me. Right. So, well, yeah. Well, if you were starting over today, what would you do differently? Oh gosh. Man, that's hard. Um, because you know, everybody has mistakes that they made, but I feel like in so many ways, mistakes are, are how you learn. Yeah, so my no, gut, they are. Yeah. Yeah. My gut reaction is to say, um, uh, not have gone into KU. Right. Mm-hmm, Cause mm-hmm. I know that I'm now known as the queen of wide, but mm-hmm. that was not always the case. And mm-hmm. I started out in KU just like everybody else, because hashtag duh, that's the only way you can make any money. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was in KU and I figured out that that was not the world for me and, mm-hmm. and to 
you know, go wide. And, and then I started wide for the wind down the road and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But if I had started wide from the jump, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the ability to as, as deeply empathize with people who also started out in KU mm-hmm. and realized this isn't for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So even though it was a mistake, mm-hmm. um, it's also something that I learned a lot from right. and I right. know how confining it is to be in KU because mm-hmm. it was when I realized that I couldn't be in libraries that I, the, finally the straw broke the camel's back mm-hmm. being a librarian. I was like, you, what? <laughs> what do you mean I can't be a librarian. What is this travesty? What'd you say in Willis? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, you know, uh, you can't publish your books on your own, on your own site or give them away for free because mm-hmm. it's all restricted. Like, no, 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 no. Just like I couldn't be traditionally published. I can't be KU. <laughs> I want, I have too many of my own ideas about how the world should work. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a good segue to yes, one of is. our questions about tips for going wide, because there are a lot of people who are in KU and lots of people would like to go wide, but they're afraid to, or they're worried, you know, so what tips do you have for someone who would like to go wide and um, any advice? Absolutely. So I have talked to uh, well over 400 different authors at this point, um, Mm -hmm. because I do consultations in case Mm -hmm. anybody didn't catch that, um, where um, I help people figure out how to go wide and be successful Mm -hmm. when they're wide Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. So, and I have quite a spread from authors who have never published anything to authors who are super successful in KU, but now want to go wide to Mm -hmm. authors who've never been in KU and have only been wide to, Mm -hmm. you know, every permutation you can think of traditional publishing to indie, blah, blah, blah. Um, And one of the things that I have noticed is there's some advice out there that you should start out in KU, build up your readership, and then go wide when yeah. you have readers. And, mm. and that always is a difficult thing um, mm-hmm. because a difficult way to, to run a railroad. <laughs> um, <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, is that KU readers, for the most part, do not move with mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. when you go wide. Yeah. There are a few who will read your grocery list, right? Whatever you put out, they're going to read it. doesn't matter. But most KU readers will say, ah, that man, that sucks that you're not going to be in KU anymore. Well, good luck. Guess I'm mm-hmm. going to go find something else to read now. Mm-hmm. So if you spend your time building up a readership in KU, and then try to go wide, it's really hard Mm -hmm. because people are like, well, I'll wait until I'm successful in KU and then I can afford to go wide. No, 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 because it takes a long time to build up readership and sales on wide platforms. Yeah. And so if you have already become successful in KU, almost always 
but just always that entails a lot of bills. Mm-hmm. You now have to pay for a large mailing list, your website, PAs, um, you know, ads, covers, arc teams. You have a lot of expenses that come along with building up that readership. So now you're going wide because you're successful. Woo, you have the money, except for you really don't because mm-hmm. you have all these ongoing costs. And now you're trying to take a big pay cut and go wide and you can't afford it. I yeah. talk to a lot of authors who are like, I want nothing more than to go wide, but I have to make X amount of dollars every month or my family's out on the street and I can't afford to take the pay cut. So I am stuck in KU. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing in the world to do is to, um, to go wide and then go back into KU because the wide platforms notice and they don't take it kindly. You're much yeah. better off to just stay in KU and don't go wide. Yeah. Honestly. And I, I, that seemed really weird for me to say, um, but, but <laughs> it seems not what you would expect to hear from the wide from the wind Facebook group. <laughs> right. Right. But if, yeah. if you can't financially afford to go wide, take a pay cut and hang on for a year, you shouldn't be going wide. Mm, Not until yeah. you can, because otherwise you will just be setting yourself up for failure. And mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you're going to have pissed everybody off. Mm-hmm. You're going to have pissed off your KU readers who are angry that you pulled out and went wide. You're going to piss off the wide retailers who are upset because they gave you merchandising opportunities mm-hmm. and then you pulled your books back out and went back into KU. You're going to have pissed off your wide readers who found you while you were wide and now you're not anymore. Mm. And yeah. what do you have to show for it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. A lot of stress. So, yeah. Yeah. A whole lot of stress and angry well, people. What so is your. Thing, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep going. I was just going to say the best thing is to go wide. When you don't rely upon your income from writing to support your family. Mm. Mm -hmm. I have people who are like, well, I mean, I don't make that much, but I do make money when I'm in KU and I don't want to lose that money. And I start digging in and I find out that net they're making 150 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, all right. I know that you're like, hey, I'm making money as an author and you don't want to give that up. But is $150 actually keeping you off the streets? (laughs) Or could you actually just give that up and go wide and Mm -hmm. rebuild from there? And they go, oh, no, you're right. Like they were so focused on, but I make $400 a month in KU. And then you find out that, you know, a vast majority of it's going Mm -hmm. back into AMS ads. It's like, you know, be willing to give that up. Mm-hmm. And spend the time building your wide platform mm-hmm. where I have never run a Facebook ad in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the Facebook ads dashboard is at. Right? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I found it once like two months ago on accident as I was stumbling around. I'm like, oh my God, this is where it's at. And that, then I wandered off and that was in that. Like I couldn't find it again. I don't run AMS ads. Mm-hmm. I don't run BookBub ads. I don't rely on any of that because Mm -hmm. I've spent years now building up my wide readership Mm -hmm. and relationships with merchandisers and Mm -hmm. 
you, it's just a completely wildly different strategy to do well on wide than it is to do well in KU. Yeah. Can you make a lot of money wide with Facebook ads? Oh, absolutely. Sky Warren is the queen of that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to. Mm. And in that's KU, key. Yeah. Almost yeah. guaranteed that you have to. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I have. I don't I want two, to do that. two follow-up <laughs> questions for you. I think Ooh, one, right. one would be like, what if somebody does have like this big backlist and it's all in KU? Does it make mm-hmm. sense for them to take out a couple of series and go wide with a couple of series first and kind of learn how to do wide and then eventually move everything out? Um, what would be your recommendation for somebody like that? Okay. So um, honestly, and this is also going to come across as funny, but uh, take your your lowest performing series wide first. Oh, really? Because yeah, absolutely. If you're gonna mm-hmm. screw up on something, screw up on the one that you make no money on. Oh, well, I guess <laughs> <Fail> right? faster. <laughs> Fail faster, Jamie. Fail faster. That's right. Forgot. That's our new. I motto. forgot to. Keep going. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, you know, you it's like you know what? The first time that you that you do a big presentation to be in front of a, a million people, you know, it'd be right. better if it's 10 friends in your living room. So, right, right, you know, right. um, make the mistakes on the, on the, the series that doesn't mm-hmm. make you any money. And then you can learn how the white platforms work in terms mm-hmm. of how do you, how do you upload to a platform? Mm-hmm. Right. right. What are right. what are the steps mm-hmm. that you take? Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of optimization things that are true about white that are uh, very different from how Amazon works. Mm-hmm. And so just uh, learning all the all the nitty gritty stuff. And mm-hmm. then once you are feeling good about um, being able to upload to white platforms, being able to um sell on my platforms, even if it's just a little bit, because uh, it definitely will be, especially if you upload your worst series only, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, then you could probably start with your oldest series mm-hmm. and that over um, and, and start going and then um, get to the point where you, your next book, you're releasing wide mm-hmm. and, and just stay wide from there. Yeah. It's really so I think that's super helpful and a Mm -hmm. lot of kind of counterintuitive what people would think. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great information and advice. And then my second question is when you said you didn't use ads and stuff, you you didn't don't depend on that. I know everybody who's listening to this is saying, well, what do you do? Right. So how do you market your books? <laughs> They're yelling and yelling at the speaker right now. But what do you do, Erin? Um, okay. So uh, the first thing that I do uh, is everything for me, me personally, um, there's a million different ways to be successful wide, but this is what I personally have done. Mm-hmm. Everything I write is in the same world. Mm-hmm. That works in my favor in the fact that if I can get somebody into my world, mm-hmm. they have 15 books that they can read, right? right? That that's going to appeal because it's in the same small town. It's mm-hmm. not just in the same genre. It's in the same small town. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, intercrossing between all of them. That's not possible for most authors. They don't want to stay in the same world. I get that. So, but I just, uh, I'm all about admitting my privilege. And, um, and that is a privilege that I mm-hmm. have in terms of being an author is that right. I, I do write in that same world. Mm-hmm. Setting that aside. Um, cross-promoting with other wide authors was a big, 
um, part of my success. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've done multiple um, uh, box sets with other wide authors, and I'm not talking about box sets that are like you know 50 books and whatever, whatever. Yeah. I'm talking about box sets that are actually out there to um, help you grow your readership, which mm-hmm. is going to be a smaller box set, right? Six maybe eight authors, mm-hmm. um, I'll put in your perma-free. Mm-hmm. You're not making any book free that isn't already free. Right. You're not having to worry about splitting royalties. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put your perma-freeze in. Everybody advertises that perma-free um, to their own list. Go for um, paid newsletters, go mm. for a book pub. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody in the group does, is great at Facebook ads, let them have at it, you know, <laughs> but, but the cost is, is really quite minuscule by mm-hmm. time you split a part, every cost, you know, into mm-hmm. six or eight people or whatever, right. um, then it's not hard mm-hmm. to afford a cover and some, you know, Formatting. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always, I always just did that as part of the thing because I own vellum, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so cross promoting with other authors who are wide, who are in your genre mm-hmm. and your heat level, if mm-hmm. you, and, and heat, yes, romance, but also if you write mysteries, think of yeah. heat level equivalency of like, how much gore is on the page, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're a cozy mystery author who writes all about cupcakes and then you try to cross promote with a mystery author who it's all about the dead people, you know, all over the, you know, there's blood going everywhere. Like, yes, you must be, you mo- you're both uh, mystery authors, but it's not the same. It's no. not the same. So yeah. mentally, you know, <laughs> replace the words heat with whatever is applicable yes. in your particular genre, because exactly. it's always, you've always got those variations in a genre. Um, right. And so it's really important. Like I don't cross promote with a wide author who writes billionaire bad boys, because that's nowhere close to what I write. Um, I write small town, steamy cowboy yeah. romances. So my books are going to be medium heat, you know, comp mm-hmm. authors. So, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Enough of blathering about comp authors and that sort of thing. Um, number two, um, free is king on white platforms, mm. much more so than on Amazon. The yes. thing about Amazon is they don't like free because they want you to use KU. Mm. They want KU readers to only check out books in KU. If a reader could get a book for free and they don't have to pay for KU to get it, that totally yeah. strikes at the heart right. of the KU model. So Amazon loathes free books, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can definitely see that in everything that they do up to and including the fact that you can't even put your book to free and you have to price match that bad boy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that's... Amazon. Mm -hmm. Wide platforms don't have KU. Mm -hmm. Free sells. That's how you make money. You go down to Costco, Sam's Club, um, you you log on to Netflix, uh, whatever it is, there's always a free cookie, trial, cracker, Mm -hmm. dip, whatever it is. Yeah. Because 
this is how you get readers. Mm -hmm. And so if you are not willing to put at least the start of a series to free, Mm -hmm. you are going to struggle as a white author. Yeah, I can think of a white author, and if she's listening to this, yes, I'm thinking about you, um, who refuses to make any of her books free. She is very successful. However, she writes in a very small niche, and she's been writing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. She has a big catalog. Mm -hmm. And so she's built up this readership for over a decade now. Um, For the average author coming in now, what she does is just really not what I would consider to be a strategy <laughs> is mm-hmm. more of um, good luck in terms of timing and writing ability and um, timing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so permit free, uh, free is king. Um, advertise your first in series. Um, be willing to box set up your books. Box sets do really well on my platforms um, and don't, think that you are limited to the 999. You are not. Um, that is a Amazon only thing. So on white platforms, $10, $100, doesn't matter. You get the same royalties. And so um, one of the things in my, I should really, really do that list um, that totally <laughs> exists for me is taking my 15 books and putting them into one mega box set. Mm. And allowing people, because right now I have this series in box sets, but the way I released books, like I would release like book seven in my cowboy series and then book two in my firefighter series and then, mm-hmm. book, you know, eight in my cowboy series and then book one in my musician series, that sort of thing. So if you actually wanted to read them chronologically, mm-hmm. you have to skip between series. And so mm-hmm. if I were to put together a massive box set where it was actually in chronological order from beginning to end, like I would do so well with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I should totally do that. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes, you should. And I'm making a note. That's such a great idea. That is a great yeah. idea. Yeah. That is a so, great idea. But diversification is super, super important when you're a white author. So quite often we are thinking, okay, eBooks, KU versus wide. And that's like the end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Think you got to think wider. Mm -hmm. Ah, You got to think bigger than that Mm -hmm. Um, because there are serial apps. There's selling direct, there's Kickstarters. Um, I mean, the list goes on in terms of all the different formats, Mm -hmm. uh, languages Mm -hmm. that you can get into. And all of that helps you diversify your income so that maybe this month your ebook sales on Amazon have dropped, like for Mm -hmm. a lot of people they have. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that your paperback sales took a sudden dive or your audiobook sales fell off a cliff or your serial apps aren't doing well anymore. Right. Right. So. Mm Um, you've got to think about all the various ways that you mm-hmm. can use the same IP. So right. I have mm-hmm. my books, um, because I do write romance, I have them up on Radish. I have them up mm-hmm. on Kiss and Dreamy and, you know, iReader and all these other sites. Be- and then I'm making money from those sites alongside the regular big platforms, mm-hmm. alongside selling them direct from my own site. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. Um, I've always thought that even if you're in KU, you can go wide, you know, with print and audio and mm-hmm. you can start doing some things to kind of prepare the way, even right. if you're in KU. And then if you're not, then you've got all these 
it's almost overwhelming the different options you have. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I do have a question. So if, if someone was in KU and wanting to go wide um, and, you know, they do have this readership that's not going to follow them more than likely. Have you seen people have success by selling direct, like launching the book on their website um, or store or something, their store or, you know, like selling direct, launching the book there for their KU readers at a discounted price, but then they get all of that money um, and then go, you know, releasing wide or no. Um, Yeah. So there's, I mean, or I guess you don't have to wait to release wide. You can do it all at once. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in KU, you're just not paying for For books. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's all free. Mm -hmm. So if you are really looking to maximize selling direct in that case, um, I don't feel like it's so much the um, cost. It Mm -hmm. is the, they get that's extra that they mm-hmm. can't get mm. from their own, that's a great, their own regular platform. Yes, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, we're, I, I find it fascinating. Uh, KU authors are constantly saying, well, all you have to do is download a new app and put it on your, your, I, your e-reader, mm-hmm. and then you can still get books that are in Amazon. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and they're like, you know, so so I don't understand why you're saying that that if I'm in KU, I'm not accessible to non-Amazon readers. And mm-hmm. okay, let's set aside, you know, branded e-readers where mm-hmm. all you can read are books from that platform, like Nook and Kobos mm-hmm. and such. Set that aside for a second. As a KU author going wide, mm-hmm. all you are asking your readers to do is actually pay for the book. Right. They don't have to move platforms. Right. Right. They don't have to install a new app. They don't have to Mm -hmm. learn anything different. It doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be in a different library. Mm -hmm. They can use exactly the same thing that they are right now. Mm -hmm. All they have to do is actually pay for it. And Mm -hmm. they're not willing to do it. No, they're not. Yeah. How loyal are they? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not loyal at all. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why it's I, every time somebody's like, Oh, I'll just build up my readership on KU. I just want to like beat my head against some mm-hmm. really large flat surface. Cause that's just not the way the cookie crumbles. Um, so what I would say is, is if you are trying to make the transition from KU to selling direct, selling wide, whatever it is that you're wanting to do, mm-hmm. think about what is it that you can offer the reader that would convince them to buy from you. And this is actually for anybody who is listening to this, who's already wide and is thinking about trying to sell direct. All of this is applicable to you too, because readers like comfort. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to go to their site of choice, whatever it is, and buy a book. Mm -hmm. Then their books are in the same app. They already have their credit card saved. They already know how to maneuver in that app. They already Mm -hmm. know how to, you know, it's really hard to get somebody to do something different than what they are already doing. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to give them something that makes it worth their while to do that. Um, Almost always in order to build up a really loyal readership, Mm -hmm. you don't want that to be price. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. as soon as you raise it by a dollar, mm-hmm. they're gone. Mm-hmm. 
<clears throat> right? People are like, oh, I don't know if I should raise my prices from $3.99 to $4.99. Mm-hmm. Dude, if your readers are that concerned about a buck, mm-hmm. they're not your they're not your fans. Right. <laughs> so so stop focusing so much on pricing and start focusing on what can you give them that's separate and above and beyond. So character art, mm-hmm. um, um, deleted scenes. Right. Um you know, behind, behind the scenes, whatever, um, early access, that's a huge one, especially if you're going to get into Ream and things like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. Um, people pay really good money for early access because they're so excited about getting your book early that they're willing to pay for it, you know? And in that case, if you are able to do that, you're not actually doing anything extra. You're mm-hmm. not having to create a t-shirt and send it out to them. Right. You're just doing what you're already doing. You're mm-hmm. just publishing it ahead of when you would normally be publishing mm-hmm. it. Um, and so for the right author, that mm-hmm. can work really well. Okay. For the wrong author, that could be a total disaster zone. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, tell us about, so you say you were at all in the same world. Tell us about your town of Long Valley because it's a real place, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's, um, in fact, um, my, my mom, uh, is, grew up in Montana. And Mm -hmm. so I grew up going to Glacier National Park, um, as a kid, that was where we would go camping, Mm -hmm. always up in the mountains and pine trees and mountain lakes. And that's just where my heart is happy. Mm -hmm. And, um, like I will take mountains over beaches any day of the week and twice Mm -hmm. on Sunday, Mm -hmm. uh, Bahamas (laughs) versus Montana. I'm going to be in Montana. (laughs) See, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be, I'm out of here. And so, so my husband actually gets, uh, sent to a conference that was training for his job Mm -hmm. up in long Valley. Mm-hmm. And he calls me the first night and he says, Aaron, Aaron, you've got to come up here. And I was like, why? What's up? He's like, no, this is like, you will love it up here. And I'm like, really? Cause I had never been up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was only like four or five hours away from where I was living at that point, mm-hmm. but it just was another mountainous place in Idaho, which spoiler alert for Idaho, there's a lot of mountainous places. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, um, and so he's like, no, we've got to come back here. Uh, you and I together. And I was like, okay, all right, cool, cool, whatever. We were right in the middle of a move and he got mm-hmm. sent for a week's training up in the mountains and I mm-hmm. got to move us by myself. Ooh. So I was already not happy. And so you were already resenting like, Long Valley. Yeah. <laughs> right. How dare you be up in the mountains <laughs> without me while yeah. I get to pack? <laughs> I was very unhappy. Anyway, so um, so after the move, um, we went up there for uh the trip and we went driving into Long Valley and I was like, oh, so do you think we could move up here? Like, do you yeah. think that's a thing? <laughs> <laughs> we could totally move up here, you know? Mm. Um, and so I, I thought, you know, if I'm going to be writing my own books, cause this was right when I was starting to consider that transition mm-hmm. from just mm-hmm. being a ghost writer to being a real writer and writing, you know, for myself. Right. Right. Um, and I thought, 
I could, I could write books up here. And then Mm -hmm. every day that I'm writing, it would be like going on vacation, which is not really how it worked, but (laughs) it's a nice fantasy, right? Mm -hmm. It was, it was (laughs) tells you how ignorant I was back then. Oh, you're so cute. Erin, you're adorable. Uh, Writing is way harder than that, but, um, but it does give me, this is the awesome part. It gives me a financial business related reason to go up to Long Valley. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was actually just up there this last week uh, Mm -hmm. doing book signings at the local library. Mm -hmm. Um, I sell my books in the local bookstores Mm -hmm. um, and, and they say Long Valley on them. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, Ooh, you know, so, and so it's starting to get to be a little bit more of a tourist area because there's a, there's ski resorts and, you know, large Mm -hmm. lakes that are so Mm -hmm. much fun to play on. And so they have a lot of tourists coming through. And so then it's like, oh, I can buy a part of Long Valley and, you know, Mm -hmm. still read about it when I go back home. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I uh, get to go to Long Valley and write it off as a business expense, um, which is bloody brilliant. If you ask me. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that is great. So I go up there every other, my, my plan um, for 2023 has been um, going up there every other month. Um, mm-hmm. and part of that is not only to do research and book signings and sales and stuff like that, but, um, also take a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun because my husband is a photographer and so we go up and take a bunch of pictures and then we use that to create, um, book covers mm-hmm. and calendars and mm-hmm. bookmarks and mm-hmm. those sorts of things, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. from, real long valley mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so uh and i don't have to pay for the rights to these right. pictures because my husband them. Yeah. yeah exactly exactly that's awesome. great yeah that's, that's great. almost as good as having a spouse who will run the ads for you mm-hmm. <laughs> i tried that and my husband tried to learn this was back when uh years ago he tried to learn facebook ads and he didn't enjoy it any more than i do so yeah. we decided that that was enough so you took another route yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely well, yeah well you're doing a lot of really interesting things in your marketing mm-hmm. and you're also have a lot of knowledge about libraries but I think we're running out of time. Mm -hmm. So I think we would, would you be interested in coming back on sometime in the future and we could dig into those subjects Would that work? Oh, a hundred percent. (laughs) Yeah. I've done like multiple podcast interviews with different podcasts because I can just, I'm like, you know, the machines that you put a quarter in and Mm -hmm. crank the handle and then that just keeps going. You get your money's worth. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know what? You get all the money you paid to listen to this. You get that amount of value out of (laughs) of hearing my words. I guarantee it. Well, that would be awesome. We would love to talk to you more about this because I think you, you do have a lot of knowledge to share Mm -hmm. and it's, Mm-hmm. not 45 minutes is not long enough to get it mm-hmm. all. So, Mm-mm. but for now, why don't you just tell everybody, um, first of all, we always like to ask, what's the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success? Kind of as a wrap up question. Okay. Um, well, uh, be super stubborn and <laughs> <laughs> refuse to do what everybody else does there um, you go. because yeah, everybody else was, was in KU. And when I went wide, I literally did not know another single author who was white at that point. Mm, I didn't know wow. a single soul. I didn't even know the names of all the white platforms. 
I didn't care. I was going to learn it because I was going to get my books into libraries. And so (laughs) super stubborn. (laughs) I think that's great. That's a great great answer. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. I have a friend that she says it's not who the most talented people are. It's who the most persistent people are who is, who are successful. And I think that's true to a huge extent. Yeah. Yeah, substitute stubborn for persistent. (laughs) Oh, that's such a nicer way of saying it, truly. So just be more persistent. There you go. Yes, that makes me sound less like a donkey. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, tell people where they can find out more about you, more about your consulting and all of that and your books. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you go to uh, Aaron, the girl spelling, so E-R-I-N, uh, right, like Wright Brothers. Um, so dot com was already taken by some, pre- I can't even believe there's another Aaron right out there, but anyway, so erinwright.net. Um, and uh, if you, that is where you're going to find all of my books and such. There is an author's tab, but also um, if you just go to erinwright.net slash consulting, um, that's where you can sign up to do a consultation with me. Um, and I can look at your catalog and what you have going on in your life and give you specific advice rather than, you know, generic out there to everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and even more important, you should definitely join Wide for the Win. Um, so we are on Facebook and we have recently opened up in Circle also. Um, and hmm. so it's just a really great place to get advice and mm-hmm. learn from other people. Um, it's a it's a terrific community mm-hmm. and the Facebook group just surpassed 15,000 authors. So, yeah, that's great. Um, it's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started it, I thought that we would have like max a hundred people because that's all who's <laughs> wide, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's nobody who's wide. That's just crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never expected it to grow like yeah. this ever. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, well, it is. Well, I good, love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good place to get information and to connect with other writers. So that is awesome. And we'll have those links in the show notes, and those will be at wish I had known for writers.com. And we also want to be say be sure and remember Book Vault, our sponsor for July. And their link would be wish I had known for writers.com slash book vault. So thank you for coming on and talking to us today. We really appreciate it. It's been great. Yeah. I'm excited to go check out the link because Book Vault is one of the sites that I have on my list to learn more about. Mm, You should. And we did a podcast with them. So yeah, it was great. They're they're awesome. awesome. Super easy to work with. Mm. Great quality. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to go check them out right right now. (laughs) All right. right. Well, take care. Bye, everybody. See you next week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.